Hey guys, and welcome back to the Dad Pack. This episode is going to be a little bit different than our normal content. Unfortunately, Jordan is not able to join us due to some technical issues, but you are going to have myself and Ryan in this episode, as well as a special guest and my sister, Danielle. So let's start the show. Good. How are you? Doing good. Uh, so I brought her on because she is a psychology major, and uh, we're going to kind of get into the psychology of what she's kind of studying child development and stuff. We're going to do that later in the episode. And the beginning here, we're going to have a little fun. So before we get started, I want to do a little icebreaker, and I got to ask y'all a question: MCU versus DCU. Now, Danielle, I know you're familiar with the MCU pretty well. Ryan, obviously, you know both of them. So I'm talking about Avengers, and I'm talking about Justice League. If we went and we went toe-to-toe, and I'm talking the original six Avengers and the original six Justice League, who's going to win? I've got my opinions. Now, if you're confused, I'm talking like Wonder Woman, Superman, uh, Flash, the Aquaman, and Batman, right? Is that six? Am I missing one? That's all they need anyways. What about the alien dude? Oh, Martian. We can put yeah. Martian in there. Yeah, is that six? I think that makes six. So we put those versus the original Avengers, and I'm talking about the ones from the movie. You're talking Thor, Hulk, Iron Man, uh, and then the was it Barton and uh, Captain America, and then who's the last one? Oh, Black Widow. So there's your there's your six versus six there. Let's debate it. Who's winning? Pound for pound. I got. I know who I think I, who's going to win. I think Avengers. You think the Avengers? Yes, because Batman doesn't kill anyone. And so there's one person that's automatically out. We have read different Batman comics. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never read comics. So don't don't come with me about comics. But I've seen all the movies. Fair enough. The cartoon doesn't kill anybody. That's what we're that's talking true. about. Yeah, All I mean, right. you could. Uh, yeah, we could do regular. I mean, because let's let's be honest, the MCU has a pretty good movie selection to pick from powers, but DCU really is, doesn't have anything. So I mean, uh, that's that's kind of fair. Yeah, they didn't do the Justice League very Justice, good, at- bro. No, they was terrible. No, terrible. Um, but to uh, where- me, that's who's winning, bro. I ain't gonna lie. Justice League's gonna win. We can we can break this down all we want, but Justice League's taking the the win here. The MCU's taking an L. And I, I'm an MCU fan, bro. The, the, the movies are better. They're better. They're not just better. They have gods on their side. Like, stop it. <laughs> what? Okay, okay. Hold on. So, so here's it. how we're going to line them up, right? The Flash is going gonna, is gonna to take out uh, Barton, what you call it? Uh, Arrow guy. What's his name? Okay. Okay, look. He's like, gonna take him out, and he's gonna take he's gonna take Black Widow. Out. He's gonna take Barton out, and he's gonna take Black Widow out. Easy, throw him. He can put him on another continent in a, in a freaking. How about flash, let's not bro. even put them on our team. They're terrible on the Justice League. They're they're worthless. They're, he's he's they're MCU, but yeah. So Flash Flash takes them two I mean, out yeah. off the off the top, right? So they're they're done. So there's there's two members of. I will take this. Superman makes it difficult, right? But then there's kryptonite. So over, like, it, it, like, stop it. It's terrible. They're terrible. It was a good comic. That's it. Can we exchange them for other Avengers? Like, can I exchange Hawkeye for Ant-Man I or mean, something? But, <laughs> I, well, I guess Ant-Man, would, maybe. But then you throw in, like, maybe War Machine. That might be better in that situation. Or maybe Vision would be better. Probably Vision. Captain Marvel would be a good choice. Or Wanda. Yeah. Now, Wanda changes the whole scene, right? Wanda changes everything. According to the last movie, I mean, me and me and Danielle have seen it, but Ryan, you haven't seen it. Wanda's apparently just this ridiculous superpower that could take out in Cosmos and really doesn't need doesn't need any Infinity Stone. She is the Infinity Stone. Can we use bad guys? I don't know. I'm I'm just giving you guys the premise. MCU versus DCU. You tell me what y'all want to do with it. I'm letting you know now that DCU is taking the win. Not if Wanda's in there. Yeah. Wanda's interesting. Here's the matchup that I'm interested in: the Hulk versus Superman, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't you can't kill the Hulk. Who's taking Thor out? Oh, Thor! Thor's gonna get taken out. Uh, I don't know. I probably, can't take Thor and Hulk out. 
then the more you piss off Hulk, the bigger he gets. I think I think Superman could take out Hulk. I mean Thor, Thor, right? Superman could take some lightning strikes. You know what I mean? And then we both know that Wonder Woman could probably wield Mjolnir by herself. She's definitely worthy of Mjolnir. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I'm a big Wonder Woman fan. However, okay. yeah, she take that one. Can we just say that if I'm Thor, I just go to a different world, grab some kryptonite, and then come back, and then just put it See, on that's my hammer? A, that's some Tony Stark stuff, and that's also some Batman stuff, too. So, like, I think the brain's playing to it. But overall, I think the, the what tips him over DCU, tips him over the scale, is Superman. Superman takes the win on it. Dude, find me somebody who's beat Superman yet. Batman. Uh, almost everybody. It's terrible. He's, he's terrible. ridiculous. Nobody's killed the man. He, he's, he's died. <laughs> he he's died. He's yeah. died. He's gone. He did that to himself. What are you talking about? In their movies? He did it to himself. Oh, he's terrible. Either way, he's out of no, here. He's a, he's a strong look, he out of everybody, he's the strongest. Let's 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 admit that. The Hulk is the strongest. What? He can literally grab the Hulk and throw him into space. And what's going on then? The Hulk ain't nobody at that point. Throw him into the sun. Goodbye, Hulk. He's gone. The Hulk looks like kryptonite. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I don't I, like If it. I was Superman, I'd be like, oh, my God, there's a Hulk coming at me. Fly up in the air and throw him in the sun. It's done. He's done. Who's, who's the guy that played uh, Superman? Uh, Henry Cavill? Harry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah unbelievable. Gorgeous man. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's got a man crush on him for sure. Danielle, for sure. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Love him. And he, but you don't I, like I, him? I, he's, he's okay. He's okay. What? I'm more of a Thor gal. Okay, oh, Thor. Bro, whoa, whoa, whoa. Have you seen Thor in the new movie? Like in uh, Love and Thunder's coming out? Did you see that scene where his, like, his shirt got zapped off? Yeah, or like the all of his clothes. The dude looks like a god. Yes. I was like, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds kind of crushed on him. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> that was uh, <laughs> that's impressive even for me. I was like, oh, I kind of want dad bought Thor back, but good guy. He's actually oh. turning red. Nice. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was great. You know. Not to change the subject too much, but I do follow a Thundercats group. And oh it God. seems Daniel like doesn't know what they, Thundercats is. Daniel was born mm-hmm. in 1997, so like 98. Oh, 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 my, my bad, my bad. Yeah, you know, my second favorite sister. I can't keep everything straight. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> 98. Okay. Yeah, yeah, 98. It was close to 97. Graduated yeah. high school. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they got him casting, uh, and I'm hoping it's real for Lionel, which is perfect. Love it. That guy, Henry Cavill, the one who played Witcher. Yes. I think I think is it Henry or Harry? I don't know. Henry. Here at the Dad Pack, we just mash up names. It's all good. I don't know if you listened to our last episode. Everybody knows who, it's the guy who plays Superman. He's ridiculous. Did you see him in uh and what was it with uh, Tom Cruise? What was that one? It's like Tom Cruise's biggest movie. Top Gun? Not Top Gun. Top Gun though is getting really good reviews. You're talking about Jack Reacher? No, 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 no. Mission Impossible. Uh, Mission Impossible. So he was wow. in Mission Impossible. It, it was that time whenever Henry wouldn't shave his mustache. So like in that movie, like they CGI'd his face and it was really bad. But he did like uh, what they call it, like the punch reload where he like reloaded his punches. And apparently like that's a big thing that girls like to simp on for some reason. I don't I don't know why. I, didn't, I guess I didn't watch that one. I don't remember which movie it was, but that was like a big moment. And I guess that's what mm. it was like. I can't like nail down my sister's type because she also liked Nick Foles. You know what I mean? Liked. Like that was liked. That's you still so like present. Nick Foles? He's a great guy. Hold on, hold on. Before we move on, MCU or DCU, just pick one at this point. Good God. Danielle, go. I still pick MCU. You trash. <laughs> right. Go. I agree. Oh, <laughs> I picked DCU. Okay. All right. Anyways, let's get back. Yeah. Danielle used to like Nick Foles, bro. Or still like you still like Nick Foles? I think he's a good guy. Drinking Nikki, baby. You heard he went to uh he's going to the Colts. So really long neck. I don't think he's as attractive as I thought he used to think he is, but I think overall as a human he's pretty great. Uh, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. He's he's a really good dude. I don't know him as a human. I don't know. Really, really, really awesome guy. But Daniel liked him back in the days in early Philly when he made his Pro Bowl and had like eight touchdowns in one one game or something like that, that Pro Bowl year for him. I think it was like 2013. But uh, it was his Zach Efron time when he had his really long hair. And Danielle also really liked Zach Efron at the time. <laughs> that was her crush. So it was like this giant Zach Efron looking dude. And shall I say, love you, Dad. Uh, Danielle is my favorite sister because she's also a Philly fan and I'm a Philly fan. Fly goes fly, baby. Hey. Dad got my other sister. She's a Chiefs fan, so. Uh, but I, I won this round. Yeah, um, fair enough. Yeah, Terrible. it's a it's a pride thing for me. The only thing the Eagles are good at is hosting the draft. That is it. 
Uh, it was a great yeah, time. I will give you guys number one. Absolutely. It was a great draft. We can just say here for a minute, though, that the Eagles are going to win the East. I know you don't like that because you're a Cowboys fan. <laughs> I got it. On, on paper, though, on paper, not even a comparison at this point. Y'all's defense is trash. Defense is trash. Cowboys defense is trash. We we have legit corner safeties. Hilarious. We won the Super Bowl like two years ago. Look, the, the problem with people who are 40 and above and they're Cowboy fans, they still remember the last Super Bowls where the rest of us don't that the Cowboys were in. So that's what they go by. You know what I mean? I'm a realist. I know what time it is. But I told you we would win the East last year, and we did. Yeah, and it was trash, you, bro. You're, you're a sparkly you, turd. You're a sparkly-looking turd. Good job. You won I the East. What did you I do? You that. I said we are, we are terrible, but y'all are worse. Absolutely. We, we How did we make the playoffs? It was laughable, bro. The whole the whole thing. It was awful, yeah. I don't know how awful. we did it. I mean, we got better from that. We really did. I'm not even trying to be, you know, the stereotypical Eagles fan. We really did get better from last year. Got a good line. Got a good, good, good offense. AJ Brown's going to be killer for us. Mm-hmm. That was a good pickup. Yeah, that was a great pickup. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, we got a new corner, um, uh, James Bradbury. Yeah, I saw that pickup. I don't know if you know who he is. Yeah, that, that was great. Great pickup. But they look, they did a lot of good stuff. So I, I'm excited for what they're going to bring to us. Anyway, so let's get back on to Brand. So I brought my sister on the podcast for an actual reason here. Danielle, can you tell us about what you're studying to be? Now, for perspective, she doesn't have any kids yet. You're how old are you? I am 24. You're 24. She is recently engaged. Congratulations on that. Uh, due to be married at the somewhere in that December range. I forgot somewhere. I think the middle of December, right? You're in the wedding. How did you forget? I'm in the wedding. I'm just told when to be there. You know what I mean? It's, this is what my wife does. So is my son. It's going to be a great time. Uh, so that's where that's where she is. But the, the reason we I wanted to bring her on is because she <clears> is, uh, well, I'll let you take it away from here. What do you do? What do you study? Finish my master's in clinical psychology. I'm about to start my PhD in clinical psychology. I want to be a neuropsychologist, specifically more of a geriatric neuropsychologist. But just with right, you're laying, Ryan. (laughs) 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 She talking about you, bud. I don't know if you know that. Deep shot right off the bat. Is she coming at you? (laughs) Uh, Okay. Not calling anyone out. (laughs) If you're 65 and older, yes, I'm calling you out. But uh, anyone else. You're still you're still in a good range, uh, unless you're 65, Ryan. That's all I'm saying. Close enough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's what that's what you go into. That's what you do. So uh, we've been seeing on a lot of social media. There's been a lot of different turning on different types of parenting and the uh, the mentality back behind parenting and really the thought process. And there's a lot that goes into this, but there's a new wave and generation of. Uh, parenting coming through. And it's a bit different than how we were raised in the generations before us were a little bit more corporate, I'm sorry, corporate, corporal punishments and stuff along those lines. And things are changing nowadays to where it's getting, uh, for lack of better words, it's getting gentler. And, you know, they're, they're even coining the term like gentle parenting and stuff. And so I did want to get your thoughts about, have you, do you know what I'm talking about? Like what they're talking about gentle parenting is? Like if more people aren't playing into like the corporal punishment and stuff like that, or... Yeah, it's it's more of that. It's less of um, less yelling at your kid, getting them to more mirror your actions and how you react. Thoughts and theories behind it is, you know, if you react in a way in a situation, you know, negatively, your kid's going to mirror what you're doing or, or how you're doing it. They're 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 practically little sponges and they're learning from you. So if you're having troubles, the idea is pretty much look, reflect back onto yourself and then be what you want them to be. And there's like neural pathways that you have to redevelop and, and go into as far as like, you know, getting changed behavior for your kid. So if you have a kid who's, you know, biting or a kid who's, you know, reactive, like likes to swing or hit, they say it takes at least six weeks to even change those behaviors of six weeks of actually like doing different things and trying different things to, to help move forward with that kind of parenting style. Yes. So with like the new wave of parenting, if I hear you correctly because i'm not a parent so i have no idea like <laughs> no no you're through. not a parent but you you've, you've um, studied this and this is something that i've never really delved into before like you can i can look up articles and stuff but it's kind of more of my interpretation of what i'm reading yeah so i'd rather hear from someone who's actually studied on your side now granted we'll ask you again when you have kids in a couple of years on this podcast what you think and how things have changed but you know i'm, I'm curious yeah well generally in the years that 
oh, so much research within parenting has been done. There's only really been two types of parenting. There's been like a warmth style and a controlling style. And that doesn't even dive into like the four different styles of like authoritarian, authoritative, uninvolved, and permissive. What I'm thinking that the new wave of parenting is is probably a lot more within the gentle realm of parenting. So they're probably more of asking, one, they're probably a lot more educated and understand that corporal punishment like really doesn't do much. They're also wanting to understand more of like, how are you feeling right now versus I'm angry at you for crying all the time. Parents themselves are becoming a lot more educated on how to talk to their children and how to let them express themselves So yes, they're mirroring you, but we also want to understand like, okay, how are you feeling right now? And why are you feeling this way? Um, So that's going to be a lot more. You're going to get somewhere versus if you just say, you better stop crying or I'm going to give you something to cry about. You know, you're not going to get very far with that. (laughs) Yeah, we might have had a chonkla throw at us through our childhood a couple of times. (laughs) PTSD flashbacks. PTSD. Montage here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Look, there are parts, and we talked about this in an episode or two before. I, there are parts of it that we agree with and parts that we disagree with. Now, every parent has got to obviously plug and play what they have from their previous experience and then obviously moving and going forward what they want to bring to the table being a parent. But we kind of talked about this before. There are situations when gentle parenting works, and then there's also situations where you, you need what we call like a direct intervention, right? So you know my son, obviously. If my son decides to jump off a table, do you think I'm going to come at him with a monotone tone, or do you think I need to like directly intervene? With yeah, him? no, and that's extremely understandable, yeah. Yeah, when there's a threat of immediate danger, I think that's a different playing field. But overall emotional support, I can see Ryan just chomping at the bit over there. <laughs> with this emotional no support that term. needs to be- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I ain't got no or nothing, but I'll wait my turn. <laughs> when there's emotional support, I do think kids need to need to be more taught nowadays of their emotional yeah. ranges, right? Because yeah, that's one I thing agree that, with that. Yeah, I I don't think that I was I was very well educated on going forward, uh, or back in my present. And it's no knock at my parents. I just don't think that it was you know a thought of thing. There was four kids at the time. You know what I mean? And when you got four kids, you got to balance a lot. And what's going on? That's hard especially when you have two working parents, you know what I mean? One's home, one's away at work, both away at work, daycare, whatever's involved in the whole system. And then, you know, obviously the divorce back behind it. So there was a lot of stuff that I didn't learn how to deal with emotionally. And then as an adult, I had to pretty much learn to deal with it. And then me as a dad, I wanted to change that narrative for Carson, right? For my son. I don't, I want him to be better prepared with his emotions when he goes forward and enters in some of the situations that he's going to be entered into, whether it comes to school, sports or whatever it is. I want him to be better emotionally prepared. I know that's weird coming from a guy, but I think that that will develop him a lot more than just, you know, having the go to timeout or, you know, whatever other way you kind of want to go at it. I think learning him and what how he deals with emotion and kind of teaching him how to deal with disappointment or being told no is going to be, you know, a, a big stepping stone. Hopefully I'm able to do that growing, you know, going forward. And that's kind of what I've taken away from the gentle parenting stuff. Yeah. And I mean, it, you can be both too. Like that's the, that's literally like the ideal parenting is being that authoritative where you're child centered still, you're accepting your warm, but you're still able to be demanding and still able to protect them and, if definitely if they are trying to jump off the table saying no do not jump off the table uh, versus just saying like no because then they have no idea what you're saying no to even though they they don't correlate that action because with i said so <laughs> <laughs> because i said so oh the ultimate one uh, yeah yeah that's but, the hard yeah, part right? no. <laughs> Yeah. But just always having that balance. I mean, you're never going to go wrong. You're never going to be your kids' friends. No. And you also don't want to be just so uninvolved or negligent towards them. So I think yeah. finding that perfect balance is fine. It's tough. For sure. All right, Ryan. Now, so this is a perspective of, uh, you know, educated non-parent yet a new parent. Go ahead, old timer. <laughs> well, I actually agree on something. So, okay. like. When it comes to teaching your kid coping skills and wanting them to understand their emotion, I think that maybe I had brothers, I didn't have sisters, so I don't know the female perspective, but I do know that for me, watching my father 
he was in charge and it was not a lot of addressing what you were feeling. So I think that we could do a lot more, uh, we could do better than now and maybe address, hey, what you're feeling right now is anxiety. It's not anger. So let's figure out how to deal with that anxiety. It seems to, with me and or my children, anxiety and a lot of other things will be expressed through anger, it seems like. And if you can kind of better identify and show them how to feel, hey, you're feeling anxious for tomorrow because you're not ready for tomorrow because we didn't study or we didn't do these different things. So let's focus on doing better than that next time. Things like that might be a, a good idea. I think that immediate danger, yes, you have to take care of that. And I really could care less about how sensitive I am on, on that. I want you to know that this is immediate danger. My daughter almost jumped off the side of, I've got a patio, which is very, very high because I'm in the hill country. And she literally was going to just take a dive over the side. Yeah, we grabbed her and yelled at her and, and we were scared. Pulled her aside and said we were scared. We're, you know, we're not trying to yell at you, but we explained that. I think that where we get confused on what is a good idea and what what we want to do and it doesn't mix and match well is going to be when your kids are doing something in public and now it's like I need you to immediately stop what you are doing and I don't want to talk about your feelings. We'll talk about that later. Uh, suck it up. It, right. It's which would would definitely get into a story I wanted to tell because I did try a different parenting technique just Hold to on. see. I, I thought that was good. So here's a SpongeBob reference. Write that down. Write that down. That's good. And <laughs> 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 write that down. That was pretty good. No, I liked it. I like um, I like explaining the parents explaining why the, what they are feeling in that situation. I thought that was a really good point that you made there. I, I honestly I didn't even think about that. My son's too, so I don't really. You know, we have we have very small conversations, but, you know, it's nothing expansive. He doesn't have full sentences yet. So I, I like that moving forward is actually explaining why I reacted a certain way. Yeah, I'm, I'm in my 40s just now figuring out that, oh, that's anxiety. That You don't have to yell about that. That's anxiety. Like you suck it up, but you need to uh, figure out what's giving you that anxiety and address that. And maybe that'll help. So I think that kids are smart enough and with it enough to figure that out. So if you can just help them through hey what are you feeling what you got you got the the butterflies in the stomach all right well you either need to poop or you need or you got anxiety right? it's one you never trust a fart kids it'll get you and i you know what's funny is so having a daughter and son and then growing up with only boys like my daughter will pull weird lies that don't make sense to me, today she came downstairs and was like, Dad, the toilet's clogged. I don't know whose turd that is in there. I don't know. But <laughs> it's clogged. And I was like, well, it's, it's only me and you here, and I didn't poop upstairs, so <laughs> it's yours. And she's like, Dad, it's not mine. I, you know, I decided to let it go. Like, okay, fair enough. It was a ghost that pooped in the toilet, but... <laughs> My son was not that way no, at all. He's the opposite, bro. He's, he's probably proud, right? Like, Dad. Dad come check this out. Dad, come <laughs> check this out. Get the, yeah, get the mystery tape. <laughs> <laughs> so way, way different. So I'm having to learn how to deal with that a little bit better. So I got a call from my wife on the way to work, which is very normal, especially with little mama. She will act out in the mornings. It just that's his, that's his is what it is. I just um, podcast. Oh, my bad. My bad. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down, Julie. So she called me and I was like, what, what is going on? Ashton is in deep trouble. And it wasn't a huge deal. It, it wasn't, but I do understand why she was angry. He, um, I guess we, she was dropping off the kids. My daughter wanted her backpack. So she kept asking for her backpack, but she was jacking with Ashton. So like, give me my backpack, Ashton, give me my backpack, give me my back, you know, annoying him. So he, he, he gets yeah. mad. He takes the backpack and he chunks at her. It hits the uh, this other side of the, the car, and she had gotten six new keychains for good behavior at school. He broke them all. Ooh. So they're all broke. They're pieces of junk. They're, they're like <laughs> a penny, penny a piece. No, they're pieces of junk. They're but like, they're like her, old they're, stars back in the day on the calendar. Yes, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They get out of the car. My wife leaves them there with her crying in front of the teacher on the mm -hmm. sidewalk. Because you have to keep moving. That's not. It's not a thing. They don't. That's they the don't. Pick up line. Yeah, yeah. You can show your kid. Well, they're like, yeah, you have to pick up her keychains and move on. So she had to pick up her keychains and move on. And my wife was embarrassed and pissed and and, and all of the above. And I was like, all right. But I had I had the luxury of thinking about it, I guess, and and having the day before I got home. And I'm usually 
going to be the disciplinarian. I get to be the bad guy. So she wanted me to go take care of business. I said, well, you know what? I'm tired of being the bad guy. I want to be, I'm going to try something new. So I sat down with him. I said, hey, listen, we need to deal with this. You got pretty quick to anger. Well, you know what happened? He told me. I was like, all right, well, I'll tell you what, man. Because my wife complains that uh, when I get mad or I get onto the kids, I'm almost in uh, interrogating them. So I'm going to ask them questions. If they don't give me a good answer, I'm going to ask a different question. And, like, and I'm going to pin them again. Like I'm going to yeah. catch them in their line. I'm, I'm 40 and they're five. You know, like it's like, come on, bro. Like stop it. I'm but argue so with I'm, a two-year-old, but go ahead. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I started to have them write down some ways to deal with his anger, being quick to anger, uh, why he got angry, and some things to make it right. And I said, just write them down. Instead of me um, interrogating you, why don't you just think about it, write it down, and let me know. Because he gets real frustrated and shuts down on me. It really was a big backfire for me. <laughs> He was really excited about it. He went upstairs. He came back down. He was like, well, like, do you want bullet points? Do you want um, Stop it. Like, this is the, the, style? It's the most acid like, thing there is, bro. What? <laughs> he I made said, a PowerPoint. <laughs> no, and he was like, okay. No, he did. He came up with like a thesis. Like, what do they call that when they like come up with like uh, themes and then they break it out into little branches from there and then he bullet pointed it from there. And I was like, Okay, and he must have been anger. So he came down, he was really excited. He came down, he was like, So am I on the right track? I've got these bullet points here. Um, so I've got to stop and, and, and listen. I've got to tell Layla that this is annoying me and you're making me angry and I might react badly. And he had all these bullet points. I, I should, you know what? I should, I, I still have it. I, I was gonna say, it. you should have brought it along. Yeah. <laughs> My parents came this week and read it. Thought it was really funny. It was also pretty well thought out. Like I don't know why, but he was like pretty pumped about it. Like he came up with his own punishments and was like really, really happy. It was awful for me because I really wanted that. I'm real sorry, Dad. I'm real uh, like this uh, different Remor- reaction. You want that I- remorseful? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is really not the goal. The goal is to correct, and and so I get it. And he, like, he came through. He's going to buy her some new keychains. Wow. Because he needed to make it right with Mama, too. Because I tried to explain to him, like, you have no idea how embarrassing of a situation that is and what a parent feels like when their stomach drops, when they For sure. leave their kid crying like that. They feel like a failure. And, it, and it's, a, it's a no-no. It goes deeper than that, yeah. He decided to treat her like a queen on Sunday. And on Saturday, he cooked a meal. So I went to the store with him. We bought some food. He loved every minute of it. I don't know if it's going to help, but he came through. He, he did everything he said he was going to do. I mean, I can't complain. Well, I was going to say, bro, I, I heard about a uh, a perspective of where uh, parents, instead of just going straight in on their kids or you know handling their kids the usual way, kind of what you're talking about, the perspective of asking the kid if they were the parent and the parent was a kid, how would you address this? And then making the kid kind of think forward, moving forward of what happened and how they would address it. And it was just a different, like trying to provide the kid with a different change of, of perspective, so to speak. Right. That's what our job as parents is, is just to give them perspective and different perspectives. Right. So depends on the kid. I told my dad, I told my dad, well, I think that I probably give myself a more allowance <laughs> in, um <laughs> I think I would have said something along the lines of that. I will say this, though. Uh, Danielle and Ashton are one of the same. You know what I mean? Danielle's going to okay. make you a list. She's going to make you the PowerPoint. She, gonna, she probably has – you can't see the screen, but she probably has lists and talking points as like we're like we were talking about whatever it is. Uh, see, look at her face. <laughs> she I'm probably already, person. Uh, she's just, I prepare she's just for like everything. It. Everything uh, is prepared for that is, which he, that's my kind of kid because I would have done the same thing. I would have had something laid out, laminated, ready for notes, like give me some talking points, let's discuss this. Yes, yep. this is why I went into this field. I'm a monster. It, it made him very, very happy. He is a kid who researched the human body. We were worried about him because uh, he would research the human body. He was like five, and all he did was watch YouTube videos on how the body works, how, um, how the digestive system works, how the, like everything. We were just like, bro, I don't even know that stuff. Like what, what are you doing? Loves it. I don't know. But that's also really good for his development too. Of like now his, his FSIQ is just going to be 
above average just because he's genuinely like curious. Did you just see that, Danielle? His that acronym went right over Ryan. Intelligence. Yeah. We did it. Thank you. But that's gonna be a lot higher because he's just genuinely curious and that's like highly correlated as like curiosity and FSIQ. Boom. Yeah, until you have peacocks in your driveway. Oh Jesus Christ, bro. He's never now your son has come up with a different hypothesis every different hour of how they possibly could have got here. He sent me a video <laughs> before the podcast of literally him driving home and right in his front yard, just this herd of peacocks. We don't know where they oh, came from. It. We don't know why they're there. They just are. We, I have a theory that they were living in someone's backyard. He was probably feeding them or growing or, you know, yeah, like, you know, that was from our previous work field. I think Ashton actually has the most legitimate Reason yeah. why he went to uh, the Austin Zoo, which he compared to the Tiger King um, type zoo, <laughs> and he said there were peacocks everywhere. It was pretty near here, and he was like, "I bet you they just walked over." And I'm like, "You know what? I bet they did. They probably did. Yeah. They did. Sure." So, Danielle, from your perspective, how did how did Ryan do handling that situation? Was there anything you would have done differently, or was that about? I mean, if that's your kid, if you know that, if you know that they're going to respond, and I know you were saying that, like, yeah, that sucks. Like, he shouldn't have responded that way. He should have had more remorse. But that's probably what works for him. And this is all learning. Like, you're learning, the kids are learning. So I think if your kid, if you know your kid is like that, then yeah. But I assume just from previous podcasts and hearing about your daughter, she would not respond that way. No. You would choose something extremely different that may help her learn and grow as a child. And you'll know what works better for her than any psychologist will or any therapist will. Yeah. I'm taking her snacks. Period. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not taking them away. Apparently. (laughs) Works every time. If you want to talk about the queen of taking snacks, when I was growing up, now Danielle and I have a very, we're probably the closest to out of all the siblings, um, mm-hmm. but she was queen steal my snacks. Um, if I had any kind of snacks laid out through the house, because, you know, I was in high school, had my own job and stuff. I would go and buy my favorite cereal. We've talked about it before is Reese's Puff cereal. So I would just go and I, I learned after about the second box, don't put it in the actual like pantry because the next day it's gone. Everybody woke up before me because I, I worked late. So everybody, by the time I came back downstairs, which is probably, you know, 11 o'clock, the whole box is, and they did this funny thing to where they would just leave like two or three poofs left inside the cereal. So the box <laughs> wouldn't be empty. So it was just like a couple poofs. And then nobody knew who did it. You know what I mean? Nobody, everyone was like, oh, we thought it was just community. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's not my turd in that toilet. That's, <laughs> that's not, not exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. The funny part about that is, is you always knew it was me. 100%. But you always get, but you always get mad at Elizabeth and TJ. Oh, I never got in trouble for it. Like I oh, was always the favorite. favorite. Yeah. yeah, no, no, they're no, not no, snitching. No. They, yeah, they, no. they didn't snitch. Uh, see, they would kind of snitch on each other. So TJ would do it in your face and then not really care. He was the big brother. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he wouldn't do it so often. But when he did do it, it was like big old bowls. You know what I mean? Like he would make up for all the other ones. Elizabeth wasn't too bad about it. By the way, we're speaking of snacks and stuff. The other day we did something about Long John Silver's and you were like, uh, it's terrible. Jesus Christ. And I hadn't been in years. I passed by one on the way home from work. Terrible. And it took me like. 30 minutes to figure out how to get there because it was like on a spaghetti part of the highway or whatever. And so I finally got there. The mix master spaghetti part yeah. of the <laughs> get here. But I had already already committed, you know what I mean? I was getting there. So I and it was a A&W Long John Silver's connected. Maybe this has something to do with it. I don't know. I got my normal. I even asked for extra crusties. Gross, bro. It was so bad. I totally got that one wrong. I remember loving Long John Silver's. Terrible. Terrible. The chicken was bad. The fish was bad. The crusties were soggy. And it was just terrible. You and Jordan are legitly the first people in my life. I've been alive 31 years <laughs> who have said that Long John Silver's is a good restaurant. And Long John, I'm not coming at you, bro. You got your people. Apparently, they're the Bayou people. I got you. <laughs> but they're the only two people I've ever met in my and, and Arby's. Like, what the hell? I don't understand Arby's. Oh, like, there's You'll no go there. Way. Look, see, look, we just weren't – I don't know. I like the, the curly fries. I'm cool with the curly fries. The meats yeah, – you got the meats. You got it, I guess. I guess. But I can't I can't do Long John and that, no. Anything like fried fish patties, I just can't do, bro. You know what I mean? Let me tell you something, man. 
you know, I, I had moved for my job and I'm going to pull up town and had nothing. <laughs> yeah. But I remember being at this like community relations board or something like that. And they mentioned that we were getting an Arby's and I was like, oh, I'm in. I'm here for the rest of my life. I'm good. We're getting an Arby's. And we got an Arby's. And I mean, I probably supported them their first two or three months there. <laughs> I hit them daily. Lunch on the way home from work. Were you, were you like, uh, you coming in? They were like, oh, hey, Ryan, how you doing again? You want your number two combo with a <laughs> or Diet Coke or whatever it is? Yeah. I love it. It's so good. It's very good. Arby sauce is my my favorite, man. The Arby sauce is fine. A little, little vinegar ready for me, but anyways. All right, got one last topic to talk to Danielle with, and I thought this was a hot one. Now, I know I sent you some notes, Danielle, but there is one on there that I thought would be funny to talk to Ryan about, and it's your thoughts on kids and TVs. So, oh boy, here we go. Here, so here's the perspective, right? <laughs> how do I, like, how do I put this without stepping on her toes too much? You're fine. That Sometimes the best babysitter is the TV, and that's very unfortunate. You don't mean to do that as a parent. But you also got to get stuff done. So you know what I mean? Your spouse is working and they're coming home from a long shift. You want the house to be clean. You know, you want the dishes done. You want a hot meal made if you can. You want to provide as much as for your spouse and support as, as you can as a husband or a wife, whatever side you're on. And you also want the kid to be taken care of at the same time. So sometimes it's really, really, you know, easy, convenient to just turn the, the dang TV on and let the, the, the TV babysit. Now, obviously, if you can see your kid, that's one thing. Now, my son, for this perspective, We'll sit in front of a TV for all of about 10 minutes, and then that's about it. And he's back on the move. It doesn't really matter what's on. He can kind of go. Now, he's kind of gotten into this train thing to where he loves trains and choo-choos and all that kind of stuff. He's really uh, is he watching the one with the creepy faces on the train? Oh, uh, not Thomas, dude. I won't let him watch Thomas oh, Train. I hate that one, terrible. too. I yeah. used to like that as a kid, apparently. I don't know. But uh, no, no. He actually likes watching like YouTube videos of, of trains as they go by. And just like making okay. the noises, he loves it. He'll watch that probably for the longest out of anything. But he like you know, Blues Clues and Peppa Pig are, are twenty minute episodes. He can't make it through a full episode. You know what I mean? He can't sit down long enough. He's on the move. He'll go start coloring. He'll go start playing blocks. He'll go start doing something else. But you know, at first he didn't know to play by himself, so he kind of had to you know learn how to play by himself and learn how to interact by himself, and then obviously you know with other people. But that's my take on it. It's unfortunately it's it's an unfortunate circumstance of parenting. I try to limit as much as I can, but obviously there are just times when you can't. You know what I mean? And I ain't gonna lie to you. There are whole days where I'm checked out. I ain't gonna lie. You know what I mean? I've been through the ringer for eight to ten hours at work. I've been staring at a screen all day. I'm just beat up. You know what I mean? And I'm tired. Now I will interact with my son as much as I can, obviously, but it is easy just to turn the TV on and just chill out. Sometimes I need that for me too. And sometimes it's not even for him. I'll just turn on the freaking NFL network or whatever. He's not interested in it at all. It's more of just like white noise in my brain. But I know from a developmental side, when you get those packets from your, your pediatrician, the one of the main things it says is do not let your kids watch TV. Do not let your kids watch TV. It says it all over the package when you first get in. Right now, you're looking at me confused. But it does actually say it. And I know that there are some de developmental setbacks that kids can have growing up with it. So, Danielle, what are your thoughts? Okay. I'm going to go ahead and start by saying once again, I am not a parent. So I am coming at this from strictly research. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Physiological, yeah, yeah. like psychological things. And, and I, I I know you're not going to come at it from like, you're not coming from a negative place from this. Like this yeah. is legitly like from her own research, what she's got. There are multiple things. So you can definitely limit it. And I even think the psychology world also says like, you can't ever fully take something away. Like TV has become so often in adults' lives, adolescents' lives, they're going to be in front of a screen no matter what. For sure. And also it's, a lot easier if I'm trying to empathize with you. If you're at dinner with family and like <laughs> they're being extremely disruptive, obviously you need to put something in front of them that they're not going to throw across the restaurant, like a toy or something. So you would put like an iPad or something and you can enjoy your dinner um, if you don't have a babysitter. I think when it becomes too much is just when it's overstimulated. So if, you know, you're using TV as a babysitter all day, every day for months and months and months while your child is developing, then, you know, that can cause those environmental factors that increase the risk of ADHD because they're seeing TVs and if you obviously are putting on like a child show like Baby Einstein or Coco Melon or 
SpongeBob. That, that's what I grew up on. So anything like that, and your little those, Einstein. I'm 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 with it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and so those images on the screen are changing so rapidly, causes high levels of stimulation and inattention. So as they develop, that frontal lobe hasn't fully developed at all. Like it develops a lot slower than any other part of the brain. Yet you may have an increase in attention later in life. It's usually based on like epigenetics. So epigenetics pretty much mean like, yes, you have these genes. So like maybe your mom or dad had ADHD or your grandmother had ADHD and you have the gene for it, but it just needs one thing, one environmental factor to click it on. And it could be that. I mean, I'm the laughing stock of the family of, oh, Danielle, they're putting their kid in front of a TV. Like <laughs> every time, yeah, bro. Every we always make it up. Literally, <laughs> we sat this girl in front of a TV and she would watch Powerpuff Girls or SpongeBob or whatever was on, and she can quote it to this day. And she's about to yeah. get her doctorate. You know what I mean? So like Yes. I mean, it's all about increasing the risks. For sure. You know, it's not you're never for sure gonna have it. Like I don't have attention problems. And you're right. I sat in front of a TV like all my childhood and I still do. Right. It's just based on, you know, your genetics. And stuff. I think you hit a point when modern, modern parenting with this, the TV in our house is never not on. And for, for whatever, not, and it's not always on what he wants to watch. He doesn't really engage too long. Even if he does want to watch it, it's on at the point to where like, you know, for news or this or that or whatever, it, it unfortunately is on a lot. And I think a lot of parents are like that too. The TV is just on. Uh, and that, that's just kind of an unfortunate, you know, circumstance of, I guess, an environment, as you said. But yeah, I do try to make points to, to try to limit that. But something I've been trying to do is in the evening time, we'll try to just put on music. You know what I mean? Even if it's on the TV. So we'll put like YouTube and a certain live channel like live jazz or he like he's really into like disco music. I have no idea why he's an old soul, <laughs> but he loves disco music. So I'll just turn on disco music and, you know, uh, he won't watch the TV, but he'll be playing or whatever. And then randomly I'll look over and I'll see him just like dancing. You know what I mean? As he's doing whatever he's doing. So it, it lets me know that it's working, whatever he's trying to do. But you made another point about the, you know, the, the iPad at the dinner table. And I think we've talked about this before, Ryan, where there is a limit and we, we do obviously this generation of kids coming up is going to be more exposed to technology than any generation before. Even your generation, Danielle, like you, you did grow up with a semi technology, but you probably don't remember this. There were cord phones in our house when you were born. You know what I mean? Oh, I remember so, that. Like, there, there was that, you know what I mean? Like you, you were born before Y2K. So like that did happen. I don't know. You probably don't remember it. There were like green screens on the, on the computer every now and again. I just think that this new generation. We, had to, we used to have to wait for the internet to dial up. You know what I mean? Yeah, the dial-up and the dude running around the street. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that it's just an unfortunate byproduct of the generations that come. And every generation that comes next is going to be even more and more and more saturated with social media, with TV, with everything coming at them a lot. And I think you're – like I'm not too much of a big proponent of ADHD or ADD. Like I know it exists. I know people – it's a medical diagnosis. I get it. And I, I actually had that before too and had the all the Ritalin and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not very high on that kind of stuff, you know, as an adult. I think I think that in my own opinion, I'm not obviously, you know, studied up like she is, but I think you do grow out of that stuff as you go. But, you know, obviously, I, you know, in school, it affected me more where I could have done better. I just didn't have the attention. So, you know, they would say, I honestly, I just didn't care. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't care what two plus two was. I just was more about going and playing and do what I was going to do. I do see what you're saying and the benefit of what you're saying. And I do understand that there are cause and effects to what you do as a parent when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, and then at the restaurant stuff, I think I, I hit on this before. I will just pull my son out of that situation, even if it's uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Uh, it's unfortunate. I've had to do it before to where I'm not going to throw him an iPad at a, at a dinner table. I'm just not going to do it. Didn't want to be that parent growing going into this. And if you do do that, I completely understand. I'm not coming at you. This is just my style of parenting. I will literally leave my wife at the dinner table and be like, hey, I'm going to take him outside and let him just go, you know, walk around or run around for a few minutes and then reset him back into his table or his chair or whatever after about five minutes. And usually that works for him. He just needs that extra few minutes to kind of get out his his energy and then you know go down especially if we had like a long car ride to the restaurant 30 40 minutes then he goes from a car ride you know car seat straight to a, a high chair or whatever it is like it doesn't work well so he needs that extra time to kind of move around it's just kind of where he is that being said what you got ryan i you got three I've kids watched, bro they, i mean the, the, the team you think the team three has kids and, or not? Three kids and two wives man so it's it's <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Each one of them said 
the same thing before we had a kid, which was my kids not doing that. I'm not, we're not, watching, we're not letting them watch TV. We're not letting them do this. We're not. Yeah. And we each live in the Mayberry, them, right? It's a perfect world. Yeah. They broke immediately. Of course. <laughs> of course, bro. When you're living in it, it's really hard to do. I'm not going to lie to you. It's really hard. They always break. I don't care who you are. You're, gonna, you, you're most likely going to break. And I think it begins with Danielle started this whole conversation with, which was approximately 54 minutes ago. She said it's really about balance. So I think that if, if you need some sanity, do what you got to do. Because I think you're going to be a better parent if you can get that moment of sanity. If that's not always your go-to, great. If you're always going to that and you're using it as a babysitter, you're actually missing out on some things as a parent of entertaining your kids. I don't, I don't, you shouldn't be their entertainer, I guess, but the interaction with them is a lot of fun. There is so no, playing you have no, with you have no choice. You fun. are their entertainment. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. You're missing out if you're not trying that first. For sure. And, and trying to play, they get bored with you pretty fast too. <laughs> so you, you got to move on to the next thing. But I think that uh, setting up little stations, we did that for a while. That's kind of fun playing little d- different stuff. You get bored with it real fast too. Like you can think that you're putting blocks into little holes and stuff like that. It's only fun for so much. Uh, so you, you know, you need parent stuff too. So you need that that time. So I think a balance of that is good. Like I caught my kids two Saturdays in a row watching their phone in their bed. It's like Saturday afternoon. I was like, absolutely not. Get up. What do we do, Dad? I have no idea. I was doing the same thing. So <laughs> yep. we need to go do something. Let's go do something. So it's. Yeah, the phone is a problem. The phone, definitely. I think the biggest distraction as a parent is the phone. You know what I mean? Like, I literally will have to set my phone on a counter somewhere just to get it away, just so I can have that. Because I can be playing with him, playing with him, and then phone goes off, and then now I'm, you know, glued that for five, ten minutes, and it's, you know, a stupid text thread or whatever, a, a TikTok that got sent to me or whatever, and I just missed a moment with him. I do think that the next generation will fix our fascination with uh, social media and technology. I think that generation or the next one will be like, okay, enough. We're tired of cyber, bu- cyber bullying or whatever that is, uh, uh, the continual need for whatever that is with social media. Like maybe I'm too old to feel it. I just, uh, there's a lot of that that goes on and I think that they'll fix it. I think they'll be like enough, enough of this. We're done. Let's go talk to people. Agreed. Okay, Danielle, are you, is there any talking points you want to talk about? Are you good? No, it's all good. I will say this is just for you because you said you like outgrew your ADHD, but like the prevalence of ADHD in children is 5%, but then in adults is 2.5%. So it is obviously, you're, you're obviously able to outgrow ADHD. It's because like ADHD is usually in your frontal lobe and that doesn't fully develop till you're 25. So obviously when you're a kid, you're going to have, you know, poor self-regulation and poor inattention because you that part of your brain's not developed yet but so like a case like you is definitely you have you don't have adhd anymore even if you did have it back then i I hate to say it like this but i thought that adhd and add was so i i viewed it so negatively as a kid i ain't gonna lie to you i thought it was this stigma this badge that you put on me that didn't fit me and uh, honestly I didn't agree with school because school was this one size fit all glove, right? Like mm-hmm. I have to learn the way you learn, the way Ryan learns, you know, Joe Blow, whatever it is. I have to learn the exact same way and the exact same stuff, but I don't, it doesn't work for me that way. Like I know as an adult how I learn now and how I process things now and how I, how I view things. So I use that to my benefit going forward, but I didn't really learn those good study habits and how to, to process things as a kid. So I struggled with school because I, you know, I was being taught the same way that the smartest kid was being taught. You know what I mean? And, you know, TJ mm-hmm. was was very successful. TJ is our older brother. And Danielle was very successful in school. And we have way, way different study habits, way, way different ways that we learn. Danielle can just start reading something, remember it for, you know, X amount of time, just like my wife can, and be good to go. Where I need to highlight, I need to flashcards, I need to do all that kind of stuff to learn. So I just... I thought to myself it was more of that than it was the actual ADD or ADHD or whatever it was. Because when I look back on it, it was 
there are times when I was like, wow, I did really good at this or I did really good at that. And it was more of like piqued my interest. You know what I mean? And a lot of the stuff just mm-hmm. didn't pique my interest. And that's kind of how I still view it today. Like I understand that those are, are real medical terms. They all exist and, you know, they, they go like that. But in my own personal case, I just, that's how I viewed it. It was just this negative dark cloud that got put over me for no reason. You know what I mean? I was like, wow, I don't, I don't agree with it. But as an adult, I guess you could say that I did move forward yeah. or move past it. I don't know. Well, I think you're not the only one that's ever been put in that situation of like, I can't learn as well as these other people. And that's why I think like both child and adult neuropsych assessments are really good because you can, we assess you and all your different domains, like attention, executive functioning, memory, stuff like that. And we're able to tell your supervisor, your teachers, like, okay, this person needs extra time on tests. This person needs extra tutoring. This person needs an extra you know, class with you, this person needs their notes on a page, stuff like that, versus some kids don't don't need those extra accommodations. So when we write our reports, like we touch heavily on like, this is how you can treat it, but also this is how you can manage it with, you know, life because life moves so fast and no one ever truly understands like what you're going through. No, no. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was that was actually something Ryan taught me back when we used to work together was man you, you never you never know what's going on behind closed doors you know what I mean in someone's house and perspective and stuff and that was something I never really considered before which is really weird and narcissistic you would think it's just the perspective that I was never really given but uh yeah it was I think it's it was good a, not to know what some people are doing at their house it's for really- sure yeah yeah no doubt about it it's just you know also, it's good to keep in mind, you know what I mean? Ryan's a supervisor yeah. where he works now, so it is something that he has to constantly deal with and work with. But uh, anyway, that digress. Yeah, look, it, it, I ain't going to lie to you, though, Danielle. It, it is frustrating, you know what I mean? Because my wife, mm-hmm. you know my wife, she's brilliant, right? She's one of the smartest yeah, people awesome. or probably the smartest person you, we've ever met. And she reads something one time back in 2009, and she can quote it to you to this day. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't understand, and I don't get it, <laughs> how that works. And, and some people's brains just work that way. Mine clearly does not. But also some of the smartest people I've ever met with that kind of brain are also some of the dumbest people I've ever met with. You know what I mean? You go outside and you're like, all right, let's change this tire. Let's do this. Not that they can't figure it out. But, it, you know, it's just like, oh, that's that's not a thing for them. You know what I mean? It's a whole different type of learning, you know, with, you know, or hands-on kind of stuff. It's different. Mm-hmm. Like you got to prove to me your common sense level if i find out you have a degree like you've got to prove got to, to me. yeah i would say ryan's in a very similar situation you know stacy is extremely smart as well you know what i mean yeah. but yeah. you know ryan is more of the common sense there's a balance there you know what i mean <laughs> there's, there's more of well, like like i could drive a car there's that there, there you go I, was, I wasn't gonna say it but yeah i was leading there. <laughs> there there is that uh but all right, guys, I think that was uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap the episode up there. Uh, no Jordan this episode. I'm sure you guys noticed, I guess, an IT problem. Our IT guy had an IT problem, which is funny. Uh, <laughs> that one's for you, Jordan, when you're editing this. Uh, all right. So go check out our social medias. We have an Instagram. Go check our Instagram. Uh, it has our link tree linked inside there. If you like the episode, leave us a five star rating. We're on Apple, Spotify. You know where we are because you're listening to us. Uh, leave us a five star re- rating. It really helps our algorithms. And uh, until next week, we'll see you all later. Bye. Bye.